was has basic ideas how we grow in our walk with God. It really begins in the seventh verse in this paragraph where he starts to say, the end of all things is at hand. What he's saying is we don't know how long we have before Jesus Christ returns. So at times in our life, we'll look and we'll say, hey, you know what? When I get married, I'm single right now, and I'm looking to get married, but when I do get married, then I'll get involved. So you get married, and life is busy, and you start to have kids. And Well, you know what? When, when, when we do have kids, I'm really going to get involved. Church is important. It's important that my kids get engaged in it. And then what do we find? We're so busy with the kids that we don't get engaged. So you know what? When the kids leave home, <laughs> then I'll get engaged. By the time the kids leave home, I'm too tired to get engaged, so I'm just not going to. What we need to see, though, is something, I think, profound in this text. God has uniquely gifted everyone with a spiritual gift. Every child of God, everyone who has a personal faith in Jesus Christ is blessed with a spiritual gift. And what we mean by spiritual gift is this. The word spiritual gift is probably better translated grace gift. It is something that God uniquely blesses each believer with to invest in the life of the church and in the lives of others around them. And here's the great secret about spiritual gifts. This enablement that God has given you to serve, uniquely suited to you, develops and blesses your own walk with God. As you participate in exercising something that God has uniquely given you, it grows you in your understanding of God and it grows you in your dependence on God. So let's look at what Peter says in this text. First of all, spiritual gifts are meant to be used. Look at the 10th verse. As each one has received a spiritual gift, use it to serve God. One another. Now, we're going to pause with just that statement, that phrase, and we're going to unpack it. We're going to try to understand exactly what's being communicated with this. Notice the first part of this 10th verse very clearly says, each one has received a gift. If you are a child of God, if you have placed your personal faith in Jesus Christ, the moment that you trusted Christ as your Savior you were given a spiritual gift by God. You were given an ability to serve in the body of Christ, to serve God. And it is something that we need to discover and that we need to develop. The responsibility of each believer really is to discover and use that spiritual gift. In the Word of God, we find that Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, made some really important statements about these spiritual gifts. And the first statement that he makes is this. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, this word manifestation, kind of a 50-cent theological word, let's think about what it means. What it means is this. The Spirit of God demonstrates His power and His work through each one of us. And there's a purpose behind what the Holy Spirit does in us, and that purpose is this, for the common good of the church body. So much of what we think about in our culture and in our day is me. How does this benefit me? 
What the Word of God is calling us to consider isn't how does what God has done in giving me a spiritual gift benefit me, but it's more in thinking about the church body as a whole. It's given to me to minister to others so that I can promote the common good of the body of Christ. Now, this is radical thinking, and it's thinking that doesn't really connect with our culture, but I think we need to have a cultural shift in our thinking where we think about the good of the body of Christ rather than looking and thinking about us. So what has God done? God has given each one of us, according to this passage and according to 1 Peter chapter 10, He has given each of us a unique grace gift, a unique spiritual gift. Now, I think it's significant that that God calls this a grace gift. Think about what the word grace means. We most often think of grace in reference to salvation, right? God saves us by His grace, meaning that I do nothing to earn the salvation that God freely gives. And by faith, I appropriate the free gift that God has given. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. God freely gives it. Now, in reference to spiritual gifts, we have to think about it this way. I don't earn a spiritual gift that I have. I don't develop a spiritual gift that I have. God gives it to me. And there's a passage of Scripture that helps us understand this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, the Scripture says, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Now, here the context of this passage is the Apostle Paul talking about grace gifts, spiritual gifts. And what he's saying is this, the Spirit of God gives them to each one just as who determines? He. He referring to the Holy Spirit. So, the idea of my spiritual gift is the Holy Spirit uniquely suits me to serve in a given area. And in His wisdom, He is God. He bestows upon me a spiritual gift that will uniquely suit me to serve in some area of the church to bless the church body. That's the idea that we find in this text, that all of us have these spiritual gifts. But then, continue in that 10th verse, and after it talks about us all receiving a spiritual gift, it's not so that I can collect a spiritual gift or gifts and walk around and say, yeah, you know, my spiritual gift is teaching. I don't ever do anything with it, but if I wanted to, my spiritual gift would be teaching. No, that's not what we do. We use our spiritual gift. God has given you one. Like I said, you need to discover it. You need to develop it. The only way we develop our spiritual gifts is by engaging, by exercising it. And I need to use it for the body of Christ. You know, that word use that's translated use in our ESV Bibles is a unique word in the original language. It's a word that we get our word deacon from, and the Greek word deacon basically carries with it the idea of serving. That's why it's translated used to serve. The deacon was a servant, a slave within the Roman household, 
And the idea that's being communicated by this text is, I am a slave of God. And He has given me a spiritual gift that I am to do something with out of obedience to Him. In other words, when I see an area of ministry in the church and I have interest in serving in that ministry, rather than stepping back and saying, boy, surely somebody will step up, rather than looking at that ministry need that I believe that I could engage in and actually serve in, rather than looking at that and saying, well, I just don't really feel like it at this time, I'm to be obedient to what God has called. When we look at servants or slaves in the Scripture, if the master said, go and do this, the servant didn't say, oh, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that today. Not really my thing right now. No, they were expected to respond, to be obedient. And listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, that's what God would have us do. He wants us to respond to what He calls us to do as He opens doors, as He gives us opportunity, and as that still small voice speaks to you and says, you know, you could do that. We need to listen. We need to move in that direction. We need to use our spiritual gifts. And really, what we need to understand is this. When I don't use my spiritual gift, I'm being disobedient to God. And I will be responsible when I appear before God to give an account of my life as to why I didn't. There is accountability that we have before God. And so what Peter is calling us to do in this text is use the spiritual gift that you've been given, but he develops it further. As we come to the next part of this passage, he starts to talk about stewardship of our spiritual gifts and how it looks different for all of us. After he says, use your spiritual gift for the purpose of serving one another, notice how he describes this engagement as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now, what is a steward? The word that's translated steward in our English Bibles, in the original language, it carried with it the idea of a house manager. This was very often a slave, and the idea was this. The house manager had the responsibility of directing the affairs of their master's household. He recognized, I don't own any of these things that I'm managing, but I'm responsible to see that they are taken care of and to see that they are used properly. That's the idea of a steward. So let's apply that to spiritual gifts. The spiritual gift that God has given you, uniquely suited to you and to share in a church family, a church body, isn't your gift it's God's. And my responsibility as a steward isn't to allow rust to form on the things in God's household. It isn't to allow the weeds to grow up and choke out the landscaping of God's family. 
It is to take the spiritual gift that He has given me and use it in a way that blesses and encourages the church family. That's the idea. We are to be stewards, managers of what God has given us. And again, Paul speaks to this as we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a little longer passage, but I want you to understand something. God has given us each spiritual gifts. They're not all the same, but they are given by God to add diversity within the church body as to how we serve. Notice what he says here. Now, the body is not made up of one part but many. If a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, now look at verse 18. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So what's he saying? What he's saying is this. We look at certain spiritual gifts and sometimes we elevate them. The upfront spiritual gifts. The ones that kind of get the limelight. We can have the temptation as human beings, of looking at those things and saying, those are the important spiritual gifts. But you know what I've seen as a pastor now for over 38 years? A lot of the things that are done behind the scenes, that's the grease that, that, that greases the skids for the church to move forward. It's not all about one spiritual gift. It's not all about one way of doing things. It's diversity, and God uniquely qualifies all of us to do different things in the body of Christ, all coming together to accomplish a singular goal. And that singular goal is to magnify Christ and to grow His church body. That's what God has called us to do. We're to be stewards of what God has called us to do. So, whether you are a person who serves behind the scenes, quietly, taking care of people through the gift of compassion, showing mercy to those who are down on their luck, whether you are the person that comes in and sets up chairs or sets up communion for us on a Sunday morning, you are no less important than the person behind this pulpit. God has a place for all of us to serve in the church family. Sometimes we're frightened and we say, what can I do? I, I don't know what I can do. I don't know how I can serve. And we draw ourselves back. But God has a unique place for all of us to serve. And our responsibility as stewards of God's grace is to discover that and to engage in it. Something else. When we move on in the text, we come to the 11th verse. And here's, I think, one of the most encouraging parts of this passage. Okay, I have a spiritual gift. I buy that. 
Each one has been given a spiritual gift. I have a responsibility to be a steward of that spiritual gift. Okay, I get that. I'm supposed to use what God has given me in a way that benefits His church. How do I do that? What's going to give me the ability to do that? And the answer is there in the 11th verse. It's through the strength that God provides. God gives us the strength to do work in the ministry. Now, what's intriguing about the way Peter builds this 11th verse is he breaks all of the spiritual gifts into two categories. One category would be the speaking gifts. The other category, the serving gifts. So let's talk for a moment about the speaking gifts. What would be the speaking gifts? Well, I'm kind of doing one of them this morning, and that is teaching. But listen, the pastor isn't the only teacher in the church. We have Sunday school teachers. Right now, several of the kids are benefiting from the teaching ministry of children's church workers. We have small group Bible study leaders. We have many who serve in the role of teacher as adult and children's Sunday school teachers. They have the spiritual gift of teaching. But it's not just teaching. Some people have the special ability to encourage other people. Have you ever seen one of those people that you just feel better after talking to them? You are spent, you're discouraged, you talk to them, they point you toward Jesus, and you feel better. You're ministered to. Sometimes the gift of compassion carries with it the idea of just being a listening ear. How many times have you been asked, how you doing, and then you're not doing so great, and you go, oh, okay, and then the person says, no, how are you doing? And they're interested, they care about what's going on in your life. That is something that God gives uniquely to the church so that we can minister to one another. So all of those speaking gifts, what does the Word of God say about them? Look at this 11th verse and look at what it says. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Now, what does that mean? The oracles of God mean the sayings, the speech, the, the, the things that God says. Often it was used of prophets, but really in this context it's used of the Word of God. So here's the idea. If I have a speaking gift, for instance, teaching or encouragement or any of the types of gifts that would involve speaking to other people, you know what my responsibility is? To make sure that it's scripturally based. If I have a spiritual gift of teaching and all I do is get up and give you a skyscraper sermon, one story built on the other, then I haven't really accomplished anything. You might walk away saying, wow, I feel really good about what he said this morning. I have no idea what it is, but I'm excited. Then you haven't been touched by a spiritual gift. You've heard a compelling speaker, but you haven't heard the oracles of God. The Word of God. The same with encouragement. You know, encouragement sometimes means that rather than just pumping someone up, we point them in the right direction. And we encourage them to forsake sin and to live biblically. That's the idea of encouragement. And listen, we don't use our own thoughts, our own ideas for doing that. We have to go to the Word of God. So here's the idea. When we speak, 
We aren't to say what people want to hear. We're to say what God's Word says. And we have scriptural authority for that. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy, boy, I am just really missing the button there. Paul, in speaking to Timothy, talked about the importance of looking to the Word of God. And this is what he says. Preach the Word of God. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, what it's saying is this. Don't just allow the Word of God to be something that you touch on once in a while. Make it the centerpiece of your ministry if you have a speaking gift. Make sure that you are communicating the Word of God. And yes, in some seasons, that's going to mean correction and rebuke of certain activities, certain behaviors. Step up and do that. Encourage, build other people up and do it with patience and careful instruction. This is what God has enabled us. He has given us the source for speaking gifts and we're to use it. That's the idea. And here's the truth of it. The Word of God that God gives us to share with other people is the source of strength to accomplish God's purpose. The prophet Isaiah said this, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Do you know what I'm thankful for as a pastor? When I share the Word of God, what I have to say matters very little. But what God's Word says accomplishes great things. So as long as I am focused on the Word of God, whether I'm a teacher or a pastor or any of those speaking gifts, as long as I am scripturally centered, drawing upon God's resources, then I am accomplishing God's purpose and plan. Because the Scripture is more than just a book and a random collection of stories. The Word of God tells us all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is how God wants us to view His Word. He wants us to use it in a way that touches hearts and changes lives. Now, what about the serving ministries? The serving gifts from God. Look at what verse 11 goes on to say. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. You know, when you have people ministries, it's exhausting, isn't it? As you serve the needs of people, there's a part of us that after a while... We just look and we say, whew, I feel overwhelmed. I'm caring for these needs and I'm woofed. And listen, if I'm serving in my own strength apart from the strength of God, that's exactly how I'm going to feel. The way that I stay energized in serving other people is to turn to God 
and draw upon his resources. Count on him to encourage me and strengthen me to keep on serving, whether it's speaking or serving. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There are times where I have to prepare a sermon or where I have to lead a Bible study, and I say to Paula, I'm just not feeling it today. Uh, sometimes my Wednesday night Bible study, I love my Bible study, but by the end of the day on Wednesday, I'm kind of like, oh. and I'll say to Paula going out the door, okay, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then she sees a difference in me when I come home. When I come home, it's, man, we had a great Bible study. I am so thankful that we did that. I'm so excited about what God is doing in the life of this Bible study. I go in the strength of God. My strength, worn out, poured out. I'm done. I'm ready to go home and veg. I have the screen house with a hammock, and it's calling my name, and I want to go out there and lay in my hammock with a fan on me. But there are times where we need to just be faithful and move on, continuing in our service to God. So what the Scripture is telling us is as we serve, we need to serve in God's strength and not in our own strength because when I serve in my strength, it isn't going to be powerful. There are a couple of things we need to think about in our serving. First of all, I can never accomplish by my faith or my flesh, excuse me, what God is able to accomplish by His Spirit. And again, that pertains to speaking gifts as well. If all I'm doing is going on my raw energy without a dependence on God, I will fail. I'm not equipped in and of my own strength to do that. Number two, I'm going to quickly run out of resources and become burnt out and discouraged when I go in my own strength. When we draw upon God's strength, He gives us the reserves that we need to go and serve. There's a passage of Scripture that I really appreciate, and it's also out of Isaiah. As a matter of fact, I have a picture on my office wall that quotes this passage of Scripture, but it says this, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. This is the resource that we have to serve God. So as you are discovering your spiritual gift and as you are seeking to develop it, Draw upon God's resources to do so. Because here's the truth that God gives us. He enables us to serve. One of the verses that our kids in Vacation Bible School uh, really made a centerpiece of the week is this passage. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And that's not go oddness, by the way. I got a bad space in that slide. Some of us live our lives like it's go oddness, but goodness. Now, what is this saying? If you've never served 
in a ministry or in the church, you're missing out. God has uniquely equipped you to serve in some area, in some ministry. If you are not, the church body suffers, but also you suffer because you are not developing in an area that God has called you to develop. When I was in grade school, there was an amazing athlete. His name was Benny. And I knew him from the time I was in third grade uh, through high school. This guy's athletic ability was crazy. In sixth grade, he literally had, could stand in place and had a 40-inch vertical jump. I'd never seen anything like it. The guy had springs in his legs. But you know what? Never did anything with it. He became involved in substance abuse. He never developed his athletic prowess or skills. Coaches were begging him to come on their team and to be a part of their program. No, not interested. And as a result, that he never took the talents that he had that could have been amazing and did anything with them. Now, talents and spiritual gifts are different. But I'm afraid that there are a lot of, of Christians who take that same approach with their spiritual gifts. We don't discover them. We don't develop them. We come and watch. God has called us all to be stewards of the spiritual gift that God has given us. And for your spiritual development and for the good of the body of Christ, let me encourage you. Discover your spiritual gift. Develop your spiritual gift by engaging in service and see how God grows you and strengthens you, but also grows and strengthens the church. Now, some of you are saying, well, how do I discover my spiritual gift? Let me give you a little clue. One thing is to try things. And find the things that the body of Christ says, hey, you're really good at this, or hey, you know, maybe you better look for something else, all right? And be humble enough to accept that counsel. Number two, you can go online and there are a number of spiritual gift inventories that you can take. Some of them have a fee, some of them are free, but what it does is it marches you through a series of questions and you just Google search spiritual gift inventory and you go through that series of questions and it will at least point you in a direction where you can start to discover what your spiritual gift might be. My encouragement to you is if you've never done that, do that. See how you can serve. And then don't just discover it. Don't just say, yeah, you know, my inventory shows that I have the spiritual gift of, and then do nothing with it. But investigate how you can use that in service to God and in service to His church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for this text. Thank You for the reminder that it is to us all that we are uniquely suited and we are uniquely gifted to serve the church body. Lord, my prayer is that we would be faithful to it. When we look in Scripture, it tells us that if someone doesn't use their spiritual gift, that they suffer by not growing in that area, and the church body suffers 
by missing out on what that person can bring to the table. So God, I pray that all of us will be engaged in serving in a way that pleases you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.